Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This week's sponsor of the Bloom Files is our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know, it's easy. Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. The truth is out there. And here, who knows? But either way, we are opening up the Bloom Files here on Posha Recaps. Next Files First Watch slash Rewatch Podcast. Hello, everybody. Mike Bloom here to talk about two more episodes of The X-Files Season 6. Of course, we were off last week, but Angela Bloom, if you were caught in a time loop, it would just be the same week to you, so it's not even considered an off week. It would be rainy days and Mondays always get me down. Was that playing in the... In the... No. Okay. <laughs> I think you're thinking of like a Groundhog yeah, Day. Yeah, they're the verge of yes. Yeah, not that. Yeah, definitely not that bad rendition of... <laughs> Sunny and share. So we are talking about Monday and Arcadia, episodes 14 and 15 of the X-Files season six, as we get loopy and we get spoopy. Yeah, very much so. Um, so what'd you think? Overall, I think they were two very different episodes. You know, interest, interestingly enough, like Monday doesn't feel like an X-Files episode? I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's because we've done time travel with the, um, with, with Triangle, right? Mm-hmm. And we've even done a little bit with Dreamland stuff, which we'll yeah, get into. Yeah, but this is in. a time loop. Right. So it feels, I don't know, a little different because I'm, I'm, well, sti- I'm still, it's thinking- also been done. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing as well. Is I, maybe I'm start. I'm still thinking that like, okay, is there something supernatural going on? This, still seems to be like this just seemed like a random time loop you know which is still supernatural though are yeah you saying it's so. not supernatural i'm not saying it's not supernatural what but define guess- super time loops are not supernatural to you uh, yeah no it's just natural to <laughs> it's me every, every day, day of your life every- exactly no um, i guess more so when i think about even stuff like the you know can't all be ghosts and vampires well that's what i guess i was thinking <laughs> of you know that's what i came in here doing well apparently this was written also in quite a rush over oh, no. a Chris- over a christmas break hiatus so um 
And Vince Gilligan is quoted in saying, like, no, we stole this from the Twilight Zone. Like, this is a ripoff of a Twilight Zone Oh, it's Zone a ripoff episode. of a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, the one that called I, Shadow Play. Interesting, because the thing that I thought of immediately was, uh, what's that TNG episode, Cause and Effect? I right. don't think they were ripping off The Next Generation that was filming simultaneously. No, <laughs> Next Generation was a good, yeah, like, but it was like five a, years before this. But I don't think it was, like so monumental and groundbreaking that they said, we need to make an X-File about that one yes, episode. we got to make it about this one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. But no, that- but I do think people probably thought it was a rip-off of Groundhog Day, though. Yeah, oh, well, that's definitely for sure. And even afterwards, we've gotten, you know, especially with Edge, like- Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat, etc., yeah, etc., whatever Especially with, like, the opening scene of Mulder waking up in bed with the, yeah. the alarm not going off and him looking at the clock and, like, the repeat of sort of the morning routine is very Groundhog Day, but... But, um, Vince Gilligan says it was based off of Shadow Play, which is a Twilight Zone episode. What happens in that? Is it just it's the same thing? Just repeating the same yeah, thing over and, and, the, and then like the person has to die in order for it to move forward. I don't know. Is, never, that, is that I've the ironic fate that the Twilight Zone usually has? Um, yes, but I've also never seen this episode. Well, let's get into this episode. Uh, not the one that you haven't seen, one that you've seen many times, <clears> and I yes. have not. Monday. We have a bank robbery. We do. We have a straight up bank robbery. Do you think bank robberies are dead? Mm, I guess the bank robbery of today would be like what cryptocurrency? Yeah, hack? Or, <laughs> I'm just trying to think of. I mean, I, I guess you and I are both privileged in that we haven't yet to be involved in any sort of holdup. But it feels like in the day of electronic banking. There isn't yeah. much incentive to like go down to the bank I now think the and ask only, for the money. Yeah, the places that probably do get robbed are like small local banks or things like that. Because like if you go to a large chain bank and try to rob it, like you're gonna get caught. Like right, now would also imagine <laughs> there's all that, these like, protocols in place now that you won't be able exactly. to get any money. Well, they got the the die in the bag, the die in the bags, the vault like instances where there really is. There's two keys that can open a vault, like. It's all like computerized, you know, all this stuff that protects bank robberies. I don't think this would be feasible in this day and age. Not that it was feasible for this guy back then. <laughs> yeah, well, listen, it's, it's clear he is in over his head yes, here. Yes, truly. So we open on a standoff here, right? The police yeah. are outside and we have this like poor beleaguered red haired woman who we'll find out later is yeah, quite like important. stringy red hair. Yeah. So I died. <laughs> so she, you said that she looked familiar to me. She looked like uh, one of the people from Boy Meets World, but apparently we looked up She's the daughter of Carol Burnett. And as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, I see. Yeah. To me, she kind of looked a little like Meg Ryan in the 90s mm-hmm. with that short blonde yeah, that, hair. Like, bl- that bob. But um, yeah, she looks just like Carol Burnett now that you, when you said it. I was like, yeah, I see it. Yeah. So she pulls Skinner aside and is like, you know, because Skinner comes in, right? He's like, my agents are in there. You yeah. Know, I got to I gotta get him out. And she comes running towards him going, Skinner! Like, then, as if she knows him. And we're like, who the F is this chick? And then we cut inside the bank where Mulder's been shot. Yeah, he's like dead in Scully's arms. Adam Driver looking douche with a bunch of dynamite strapped to him. <laughs> um, Yeah, you said that and I was like, I don't really see it. I For think, me, it's the longer hair with like the goatee. Well, I think when look. he was looking down, he looked a little bit like Adam Driver, but after he like looks up, you, you don't see it as much. Yeah, he's more of an Adam passenger there. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> well, you know what stops many of these people's lives because the yes. bank blows up. Yeah, so basically, Scully's like, you don't have to do this. Like, um, it's all you have the power. It's all in your hands. Like, you can make the decision. And then, like, the police decide this is when they're going to raid. Right. And that basically incentivizes him to be like, okay, um, kill switch. Like, yeah. we're done. Well, no, we watched that episode. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the bank blows up. I think 
initially I would be like, oh my God, had I not A, kind of known this, yes. uh, this episode and B, again, having seen something like cause and effect, which is the exact same thing. The cold open is like, the Enterprise blows up and right. then it cuts the credits and then it comes back and it's a loop. It's also like, you know, there's no way that they're both dead. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's like, happening well, here? Well, that'd be an interesting way. Just in the middle of season six, you blow them up in the first seven minutes of a random episode. Yeah, not, not the I'm best ending. Imagine if they had, this was the one they had rushed. So they're like, uh, Mulder and Scully die. Yeah, the end. <laughs> exactly. So like you said, we open on Mulder's bedroom. I do like as nonsensical as that stupid waterbed is. They still kept it in, and it serves well, as, you know, a big uh, thorn in the side of Mulder this episode. Yeah, and if you look up anything about this episode, or production-wise, it took them a... It was really hard for them to find a waterbed, because I guess they weren't actually that popular. Yeah, so, well, that was the joke, right, Yeah, originally. but I mean, like, they couldn't find one. They had to, like, specially order it from yeah. a furniture store and, like, up in San Francisco. And probably order now multiple ones, right, considering well, that now we I get mean, to see it leaking over and over I again. I think you could make that happen without having multiple beds. Mulder must be one of the heaviest sleepers <laughs> Truly. in the world. He's soaking wet. He's soaking wet. The electronics, which probably made noises when they were, like, yeah. shorting out. Yeah, and, like, the sound of water. Like, yeah, and also the sound of although, steadily pouring water. here's the thing. I sleep next to you every night, and you are like a dead animal when you're asleep. You just don't move. No, you move a lot, actually. But you don't, like, recognize anything that's going on in the room. Mm-hmm. And, like, we have a little doggy. She likes to yeah. eat during the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. The baby wakes up. A rustling. Literally, a tissue falls <laughs> onto the bed. And I am up and ready to go. <laughs> like, yeah, so like I'm, nobody's I'm the business. You're case. the molder in this business. I would notice, but you yeah, would not. So Mulder's having a pretty bad start to his day, right? Like, David Duchovny does a lot of grimacing here where he, like, goes to get a pawn and he trips over his sneakers. Yeah, it's like, he has a case of the dropsies. He yeah. totally has a case or like of the dropsies. Or, like, the Mondays and, like, what can go right here? Yeah, it's like, uh, if something will go wrong, it's gonna go wrong for him right now. And he also, I like the way he calls, so basically you can assume it's his landlord calling. Right. Um, whoever is down below him, and he's like, I don't know what to tell you. I know I'm not supposed to have a water bed. Like his phone acting here is like kind of bad, but I enjoy it. Yeah, because you can't tell if it's it's David sarcastic, bad acting, or if it's like Mulder trying, like attempting to play it off. Yeah, you know? I don't know. It's just a weird. The, he talks on the phone very strange here, but yeah. That so, being said, so he comes into work because yeah. evidently because his alarm clock shorted out, he's missed this like. Very important, but apparently incredibly boring meeting that's going yeah, to just like, like <laughs> dark in and out. It's of. basically like their meeting with like internal like finance yeah. people, but probably, probably going over budgetary stuff. Yeah, but it seemed like they were going over projections for crime rates. So mm. it's like, and they had all these like really silly graphs and charts that they were showing. And I guess it was probably their turn and he missed the meeting because he has to go deposit his check because he needs to pay for the damage that the waterbed caused. Right. And if his landlord like takes out his check now, there won't be enough money. Yeah, so he He'll to, overdraw. So he has to deposit his paycheck immediately. And back in the day, you couldn't do a remote deposit. Again. yeah, So yeah. sad. Yeah. To the point where later on, like Mulder has to flag down Scully because she signed the the pay stub. Well, he signed the, the pay stub, yeah, yeah, and she took it instead of the actual check. And there so, was also some fun check trivia here that they what? had. To, they got permission from the J. Edgar Hoover FBI, mm-hmm. whatever, whoever handles the check cutting for the FBI to like reproduce a check that said J. Edgar Hoover on it, but wasn't actually identical to a real check that they would have, but was close enough. So like <laughs> they had to like get permission and stuff, which I thought was kind of cool. 
Yeah. So I will also say, and I think Fitzy brings this up as well in his feedback to us, mm-hmm. like the this feels very California to me. This <laughs> yes. entire episode. And like, the, the set is like a bank front in California. So Right. I mean he goes into an entire thing about how like there's from a from a DC perspective, there's no bank that could re- even remotely look like that. So. Yeah, no, there it would be much smaller. There wouldn't be those giant like pillars. Maybe that would that does look like a New York bank, but um yeah, no, it's very California. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we find out that this redhead lady, Carol Burnett's daughter, Pam, is actually one half of the bank robbers. Yes. Pulp Fiction style. Because it's happening again. And basically, we see her in the car with him, right? Yeah. And we find out that she basically, it's a play that she knows all the lines to. Yeah. yeah right? Like, she knows yes. what's going to happen next. She's mouthing the words that everyone's saying. Mm-hmm. And so we see now that Mulder's gone into the bank and she's kind of just given up. Yeah. She does notice this one time, though, that he looks at her, which means. Yeah, that, that's like, like the a third or third, fourth time. Yeah. It's like, oh, there might be a chance that things are different. Things are not different this time. Yeah, this time she's completely resigned to the fact that she can't do anything about it. She's tried and tried and tried and tried, and she's been doing this clearly for a long time. Yeah. Because she knows who he is, she knows who Mulder is. Like, we're coming in at the middle of the show here. We don't get any background as to what exactly Bernard is trying to do. He's just trying to rob the bank. So it's just like he's being some sort of bad petty criminal. Yeah, he wants to... uh, He basically says when they're in the car... Maybe it's like the third time that he, um, wants to, um, basically like get enough this time so that they can be done. Oh, okay. And they gotcha. can like, he can take care of her and like, it, he's, they're poor and he wants to make some money. Yeah. But it seems like he's not exactly a hard yeah, and fast. He premise. doesn't know what he's doing. He's at not all. a wet bandit considering that, you know, he's writing a note, right? That's like, oh, this is a yeah, He keeps and changing like, his mind. And too. Like, Screw it. I'm going to hold him up on, at gunpoint. Anyway. Yeah. And he writes something different every time. And I like that aspect of this episode where it's like, Every single iteration of this, there's things that are slightly different. Yeah, let's let's talk about that, because I find that really interesting within whatever sort of narrative they're using here, right? Well, I, and I mean, so there's two things. There's the narrative of it all, and then there's, you know, it's actually quoted a lot that Kim Manners, I think, directed this, that they wanted different angles each gotcha. time because otherwise it would be boring for you to yeah. watch the exact same thing over and over again to the point where when the, we come back this time and like Mulder now doesn't trip over his sneakers I was like oh. right he doesn't trip over his sneakers but he also like picks up something different yeah and he, he, like, like, yeah. He said, and he says something different as well so I guess it's it, what they're sort of alluding to is that the same events are happening, but yeah, like, like the, anything, any responses to it are changing. Yeah, so like it's very macro level that there's yeah. these touch points that need to happen. Mulder's waterbed leaking, him going to the bank, him might missing the meeting, but you know, there's all these other stuff that, and not, it would take many changes for, to change those big right. events. It would be like, it's like, curb, it's a ripple effect. It's, it's like yeah. curb your enthusiasm where yeah. like, there's a rough sketch of how things are supposed to go, <laughs> but you can sort of fill in the blanks with it. Right. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so me, Mulder and Scully are going to have a little bit of a, like a meta discussion within mm-hmm. all this, right? About, can you go back and change things? Cause Mulder's starting to feel a bit of deja vu. He is, well, yeah, it's like maybe the th- so the first the first time we see everything happen f- for the second time, we see the whole bank robbery play out. Yeah, exactly. We see Mulder get shot, right? Like he sees Scully mm-hmm. coming in and is like, oh, go for the door so he can pull out his gun. But he gets shot. And Scully arrives once again, attempts to help her partner. He's dying. Um, the police rush the building and detonate the bomb. So everything happens the same that time. Um And then so he wakes again and he finds his waterbed is leaked and blah, blah, blah. Um And. 
basically this happens a few times and she basically Pam is like trying to save them each time now because he turned around and looked at her, which he'd never done before. Yeah, exactly. So now this time when Mulder and Scully are talking about, you know, free will and fate, mm-hmm. uh, Scully basically says, you know, it doesn't matter. Your character determines who you are and what you do. Yeah. And there's like, no, there's a butterfly effect. Yeah. I've watched that movie. <laughs> and so Scully sort of like, I guess, pushing on that idea, right? Decides in this iteration, I'm going to go cash the check for Yeah, Mulder. she's like, let's change our fate. Yeah. Um, she's like, I'm going to go cash the check, but no, 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 because no. she picks up the bank stub instead of the check, and so right. he has so to go so after her. So it's Mulder's point, right, of like, it has to take a really big event in order mm-hmm. to, to push this boulder out of the way. And so this is the the loop also, and dear listener, if we forget to talk about a loop or a detail That's of a loop, fine. there's a lot of loops, there's but a lot anyway. Of loops. There's a lot of loop to swoops. This time, um, I guess that he, Pam does convince him that things are repeating themselves. This is the time he's going after Scully, who's gone into the bank. Yeah. And this is right before the blast goes off. He starts saying he's got a bomb. He's got a bomb. He's got a bomb. He's got a bomb. Cause he's trying to make himself remember it for the next time around. Well, yeah, no. So I think it's this time that she stops him. Yes. Right? And, and like, tells him about everything. Like, you have to remember me. Uh, and then there's another loop where, like, she goes to visit Scully, I think. Yes, she goes, and yeah. she's like, okay, if you, if you go to the bank, you'll die. Yeah. And this oh, is- yeah, she finds Scully in the FBI, in right. the build, in the right. office. And she just, like, walks into the middle of the office. And Mulder, this is when we're talking about, like, deja vu. And, of course, Scully's being Scully, like, Mulder, you realize that deja vu is not actually a physical effect, but just <laughs> okay, <laughs> the unconscious escape, uh, you know. And so Mulder, like you said, is is in on it. Yeah. Uh, or at least... Trying to be. Trying to be. He approaches Pam... Uh, trying to get to the bottom of things. I love her sort of quote, we're all in hell. I'm the only well, one. Well, she knows. basically tells him, don't go to the bank today. Yeah. So he goes to the meeting with Skinner. And when he gets to the meeting with Skinner, realizes that Scully has gone to find him at the bank. Yeah. And so then he has to go to the bank. And then he, I think this is where he's like, he's got a bomb. He's got a bomb. He's got a bomb. Yeah, exactly. Cause that's Mulder is sort of the variable in this equation. Yeah. Right. And that like, he's the one that could change it. Pam consistently approaches him and is like, no matter what I can do, I keep trying to change it. It doesn't happen. I've drugged Bernard. I've yeah. called the police. Yeah, it's uh, wild to think about how she's been going through this for so long. And it's interesting. Spencer sort of wrote this in that if you view this episode, because again, the narrative really makes no sense, but I guess if you view it more so from like her perspective, yeah. that her fate is that she's supposed to die. And she hasn't day. yet. Yeah, and that when she finally does, that's when... That's what breaks things, it. Yeah, and that's when things continue. But there's the aspect of that Mulder... So Mulder confronts... This is like the last time it happens. Mulder goes into the bank to confront... And when he gets to the bank, he starts saying that to himself. And then he looks around and he sees Bernard. Mm-hmm. And he confronts him before he can do anything. And that, I guess, changes events on such a fundamental level. Yeah. That nothing will move forward the way it did before. Right. So basically, he tells, like, he planned it ahead of time for Scully and Pam to get into the bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I guess Pam, again, was was the one behind it. Like, she was, she had to be inside the bank. Yeah, so for he... For Bernard to essentially not blow it up. Right, because he loves her or whatever. So, <laughs> he loves her or whatever. I mean, who's to say? He does some pretty questionable things in her honor here, but... Yeah, I guess a uh, means to an end from a certain perspective. Yeah, and so th- we think it's all good. We think it's all copacetic. And then all of a sudden you hear the police sirens and Bernard loses his shit and fires a bullet at Mulder and she throws herself in front of it. Pam takes the bullet. I wonder, I I do wonder if part of it is instinctual and part of it is 
for lack of a better term, suicidal of like, maybe this is an opportunity to, I mean, Groundhog Day, right? Doesn't yeah. he tries to kill himself? He does. He does. But it, basically her last line is, she says to Mulder, this never happened before. <laughs> yeah. And she has a smile on her face. Yeah. She's like, oh, this is great. I'm finally free. Exactly. And meanwhile, Bernard She's going is like, crazy. Is he's emotionless, but I guess he's so emotional that he's emotionless in this mm-hmm. moment, right? Where he like sinks to his knees, like, "No, what have I done?" Yeah, I mean, he's kind of coming to terms with the fact that he's done this, and he lets himself be arrested. And you know, I guess we can say it's all cool now. Yeah. So I guess from a canonical perspective, this was the Monday, yes. right? The Monday that was supposed to happen was that this bank robbery was supposed to happen, Cam mm-hmm. was supposed to die, and Bernard was supposed to get arrested, and they just like kept pushing it until yeah. it, it actually happened. Yeah, and I guess the big difference between this and something else, like Groundhog Day or the Twilight Zone episode, is that there is free will reigning. It's not fixed, whereas something like Groundhog Day, it's super fixed. Right, Groundhog Day it was repeating the same things over yeah, and over yeah. again. But I think in both cases, right, Groundhog Day was you sort of have to break this cycle by mm-hmm. doing something specifically very different, and well, that's and the same logic it, here. Yeah, and it seems like because we're following the main character in Groundhog Day, we're not necessarily following Pam, so we don't really right. know her motivations. We don't know why she's stuck in this loop. Like, you know, with with uh, Phil, right? Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, Phil. Phil. No, he, no, you're no that's it. the... That's the groundhog. The groundhog. I think you're uh, Ned Ryerson is not the no. I, think I forget. The, I think it's a character name in groundhog. Yeah, Ned Day. Ryerson is the. Um, it's me, Ned Ryerson. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess the the point there is that like w- we know that he needs to change himself, like a la Scrooge. You know, mm-hmm. um, become another a, another film movie. Another film movie, <laughs> but um, to become a better person. But with this, we we don't really know anything about Pam, and we just assume. Oh that no, you're right. It was Phil Connors. It was Phil Connors. Puxatani Phil was I guess, also. I guess that's the irony. I guess. So never made that connection. But we end on it being Tuesday. Yeah, so he wakes up and he looks at his watch and it's Tuesday. Right, and his floor is still wet. His floor is still but wet. It's, but it's because of what happened the day before. Yes. Because it's the same time. <laughs> yeah, which is good. I, how, how, and at least we get rid of the waterbed. Yeah, well, that's... What do you think he has to do in terms of, like, home repair? Do you think he's just going to, like, this let that, you let that have... carpet stink? No, I mean, we recently had a lot of flooding here, and yeah. so we're very much aware of how much damage was done, and a lot of people in this area have um basements that are, like, renovated with carpeting on the bottom, and mm-hmm. as as we've seen walking our dog around the neighborhood, a lot of that carpet had to be ripped up. You, unless you can suck all the water out of it, you have to get rid of it, because it's going to get moldy. Yeah, so I guess Mulder had to pay... Probably a hefty sum to the landlord, right? They to yeah, they have to take out the carpet yeah, and put it in again. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if he was like fine with living in mold, but yeah, not he good is for you. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, it's not good for you to just to breathe in mold. Yeah. So, I know, mo- so Monday is a very different episode of the but a fun one. It was fun to watch. Uh, again, it, it felt distinctly different to me, but like I always enjoy the concept of a time loop. Unlike yes, Star and that's why we watched it. This I mean, this didn't have Kelsey Grammer fly, <laughs> flying out of a. a this also a isn't like hole. anything to write home about. It's nothing like groundbreaking as far as television that we've seen. But at right. the time, it, it probably was a little bit more groundbreaking. And it, it makes so much sense to me that you said it, this was something that, a little bit of a rush job because mm-hmm. I can absolutely see this again. It doesn't really fit in with a lot of X Files stuff either monster of the week or mythos so i could see them be like and i don't want to say there's not effort in the writing but it is a little bit more phoned in when it comes to like big picture it's it's more bodily yeah i'm pretty sure they go to like three locations over the course of all yeah granted maybe it's because i had to spend money on blowing up a freaking bank true true but they probably could just do that once and reuse it 
I would hope so. Yeah. Otherwise, RIP Banks. Yeah, true. Um, but yeah, I do think this, I, I enjoyed this episode and I thought that you would like it from a perspective of time. It's fun. Timey whiny, but it's not like something that I would say, oh, I want to watch the X-Files because I love that episode Monday. Right. I think it's fun. I think it's, you know, for every piece of pop culture that does a, a time loop episode, I think this is really up there with them. And it adds to season, I feel like season six is becoming my favorite season after yeah, doing this. That after like every season. I know, but season five I, is, I love because it has my favorite episode in it, but now that we've watched a majority of season six, I'm like, I love every episode in season, season six. Season six is really fun because like, I feel like There are six- episodes that I'm going to make you go back and watch when we're done with all of this <laughs> okay. from season six that like we ha- we didn't get to watch just because I feel like there are some amazing ones. Like there's this one with like a crime scene photographer who's able to like, um, who arrives in time to um basically anticipate death? Um, okay. There's, so, there's, I feel like there's, there's a movie about that, or it's two. very cool. And I just feel like there's just a lot of things in here that um are gonna that I would love to have you watch at some point. Yeah, I think what I really enjoy about season six is it feels like each episode sort of I don't know has conviction. Oh, behind there's it. oh man, I wish you were watching this episode. I just remember there's an episode called Milagro, which is um basically like a, a murder mystery novel and the guy's writing the novel as it's happening. Like as these murders are happening, he's like writing a novel. It's like so cool. But yes, yeah, anyway, just to Well, we still have one more episode to talk about. Let's not put the cart before the I'm horse sorry, here. I'm sorry. Continue. Well, let's take a quick break. Go to the bank if you want to. I'm not gonna promise nothing will happen, but you never know. Sure, I'll quote unquote go to the bank. We're gonna come back, we're gonna talk about Arcadia. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Roll down your windows. Get out your mailbox. Put away those basketball <laughs> hoops. It's time to go to Arcadia. Or as our son says, basketball hoop. Yeah, exactly. Here we, we're going to uh, an idyllic place 
And, and uh, yeah, finally, an episode that takes place in California. As yeah, well. this is what they call pl- a planned community, apparently, which yeah, I was, was unaware of that, that term. Was the last line in this episode, I've never heard that. I've term never before. heard that term. I don't know I if guess it's still used to the day to this day. I don't think so, but it was something that was very popular in the '90s. These gated communities where there were yeah. a, a list of of rules and regulations, and there was a, a feel and a vibe that was like very like hoity toity. So, I mean, I think those exist still, but I don't think they call them planned communities because no. they well, like. You and I lived in like a condo before that's we moved not a, to this that's, house. That's an apartment complex. Yeah, but I would still say it's like following rules and regulations. Oh yeah, but that's because it's an apartment. But these are houses. Like you bought the house. Oh, you just, gotcha. You just have to follow the rules for the community because they're set up to make it seem like a nice, beautiful place to live. Right. So they don't want unseemly things on your yard. They don't want you out late at night. They don't want, you know, there's these things exist still. Like there are neighborhoods like this. This one has a much more malevolent purpose. They're called homeowner associations and they're terrible. Yeah, I've actually, (laughs) I think it's actually been trending on Twitter uh, about a month or so ago, like bad HOA stories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some crazy HOAs out there. So, I mean, this is like... You expect to have that, though, I guess, with this, because it's very much so a planned situation. But anyway, let's dive right in. So we get a cold open here. Speaking of diving right in with, like, a completely new character, uh, the dad from Even Stevens. (laughs) Yeah, I forgot that's who he was. I was like, okay. (laughs) So, I mean, this is going to be the people who Mulder and Scully move into their house. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we see sort of, like, the existence of the neighborhood, right? Like, there's a little bit of a Stepford Wives quality, as you mentioned, about how everything must be kept immaculately painted and everything kept up to code. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so they, they've like that night, right. They're going to bed and they find murky footprints. Well, first, so the character is Dave Klein and he, the Kleins, the Kleins. and he comes home and he has a, basically um, somebody else is painting his mailbox. It's like right. very weird. Yeah. And we'll find out later that that's because essentially the HOA guy, like, set them up yes well not even that i think that he um i think at that point he's just being like neighborly but he's just trying to keep him up to code to avoid any problems Yeah, this poor guy like the entire episode like definite definite mvp of this episode (laughs) win i think win yeah he sucks but um, i I feel bad because like he's just trying to he's been trying to help them the entire time yes i guess but he also knows of of gregor gogolak gogolak yeah so anyway somebody sends a package to dave klein and there's a um I guess what'd you call it? Like a It's like a novel it's a novelty lawn ornament that's one of those wooden no, But it's like a um weather vane. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so as the wind blows, it like it hammers like with a little like axe, like the man is like chopping wood. Right. And so um, that is we're gonna find out later that's what attracts this this monster of the week. But for now we just see like the creature from the Black Lagoon is yeah. probably the best way I've described it, right? Like some sort of mud monster. Yeah, basically, like they go to bed. He puts it on his roof to annoy the neighbors because he's like, F this homeowner association. Because right, again, he came home and saw someone painting his mailbox. So he's over it. And I guess then uh, the creature kills him. Yeah. And her. And her. <laughs> and exactly. they did. <laughs> they did. Uh, yeah, we. I think we see the blood spot, we right? Though, oh, we do. We'll find out later that just because there's a lot of blood that comes out of you means that you can still be alive. Truly. <laughs> so, uh, here we go. I mean, I think the big takeaway from this episode, right, is Mulder and Scully go undercover. I think this is one of the first times I've seen this yes. happen. I, I would imagine it's happened a couple times up to this point. Yeah, but never to the extent where they're, like, pretending to be a married couple. Well, I of think... course not. Gotta keep the, the shippers at bay here. Yeah, but I think this is also, like, 
David Duchovny just living his best life. Like, he Mulder's loves playing. look is so great. It's so funny. He's wearing a Lacoste yes, polo. I, I can recognize that alligator from miles tucked away. Tucked into those khakis with a sweater tied around his shoulder. He looks more in place in Connecticut than he does in California. But, um, yeah, they're going undercover as a married couple who's buying a house previously owned by these people who were murdered. Yeah, they are the Petries. <laughs> And yeah, they're the the Petries, not the Petries, but basically they've shown up at five o'clock and the homeowners association says that you have to be moved in by six. So all of the neighbors show up and start moving them in as fast as possible because the rules are like you can get this kind of weird vibe that like if you break the rules, like something bad is going to happen. Whereas typically with homeowners associations, if you break the rules, like they're probably going to like evict you or like try to like find you or something. Not have uh, a summon monster kill you. Correct. <laughs> so At least most of the time. Um, there's also a situation with a basketball hoop where he pulls it out and Mulder's like, oh, put that in the driveway and Wynn's like, ah, no, don't nope. do that. Exactly. It's not aesthetically pleasing. We got a question from Spencer. If we were to go undercover, what would our fake names be? I don't know. <laughs> I've never thought about that. Never, you never had like a fake name you no. Like, I like I've usually used the name Eric if I like oh, want to be really yeah. on the DL. Um but I'm not sure what our last name would Eric. be. Eric. Why Eric? I don't know. I like the name. I feel like I would go for like a plain name because my name is not plain, so I'd have to be like a Jane or like literally a, plain Jane. Plain Jane. Or like a Sarah or like a mm-hmm. so, something pretty like run of the mill. Yeah. Sorry to all the Sarahs out there, but common name right exactly. you don't hear a lot of angelas let's yeah, get there and i think uh, what was last name would we go with something simple should we complicate it because our last name is usually simple no we should just go with like a simple name like i don't know um uh, camry camry sure eric <laughs> and samra camry <laughs> and samra samra Ooh, that'd be a, a fun name i go by sam Exactly. <laughs> Please just call me Sam. Just call me Sam. So I think this HOA would be like, no, you must go by your full legal name yeah. at all times. Um, like the character, and I was telling you, there's a character on Grey's Anatomy, which I've, by the way, re- listeners, totally fallen off of that. Um, I, I think it's fine. I mean, you got very deep. I got very deep, but her name is Calliope Iphigenia Torres. Wild. <laughs> Wild name. <laughs> so. Uh, Everyone's trying to, you know, move them in. This is where we get introduced to Big Mike, yes. right? The guy that just completely dumps all Scully stuff all over the place. Yeah, he picks up a box that um, is labeled China, and he drops it, and, like, you hear a bunch of, like, glass breaking, and Scully's like, it's fine. No worries. Um, but later we find out that box is full of all of her scientific equipment to, like, do tests and stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, like you said, they're they're here to investigate. This couple disappeared a little, a little while ago. Yes. But apparently they're the third couple to disappear since 1990. And I guess placing this, you know, Mulder's going to have some umbrage with this, but Scully says this is their first X-File since they've been back. Yeah. Which, again, I guess we're, we're rewinding, you know, back to... Uh, what was the two fathers and one son stuff? Yeah, it's a few episodes after that. That well, because there, so there are episodes of the X Files, but they're not always X Files, right? So, so this is a, and that's even what Mulder's debating here, right? Yeah, it's like, no, this is like a crime. This is not a yes, thing. exactly. But he sort of takes that back later on. Um, I don't know. Mulder's more also more concentrated <laughs> on like jokingly sexing it up with Scully. <sighs> Truly, and then I also like that. Um, he does Scully and him do this throughout the episode, trying to get information out of people by acting like super, like, I don't know, like 
normal. So she's like, Scully's like, oh, this place is immaculate. They kept good care of this house. Do you happen to know the previous owners and where yeah, I can they, find they them? To, like float out <laughs> yeah. a really probing question. And so he's like kind of weird. And it's so like, of course okay. they're, 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 they really get dead ends. And that's yes. because we, we find out sort of behind the scenes, right? That everyone reports on the Nate on the Petries back to Mr. Gogolock, the HOA president. Well, yeah. So they're having some sort of like weird dinner party and Big Mike tries to like convince Gene Gogolock, which is his name, um, that Gogolock they should let like them the in this time. Of uh one of those kaiju monsters. <laughs> yeah. Um uh, but they basically he's telling the he's telling this guy like we should let them in on the secret because right. otherwise they're gonna break the rules. Exactly. Like all these people have died because they can't follow the rules. Because they don't them- know what the consequences of not following them are. Like I wouldn't follow certain rules either unless but if I knew that a monster was gonna come eat me, the stakes would be different. So when he goes to the bathroom to allegedly uh, take a huge dump in Mr. Gogolock's bathroom. Yeah, because he says the glade's under the counter. Mr. Gogolock, I mean, I mean Gogolock's the worst. So yeah, maybe he's he was just assuming the worst, but he essentially calls Mike a weak link and yeah. basically says, in a manner of speaking, we have to kill this guy off. Yeah, like take him out. Um, so that later that night he disappears after being attacked by a creature because he is watching a documentary, ironically enough, about tribalism and you know outcasting yes. someone. And the light goes out outside. Mm-hmm. And he frantically runs because he knows the rules. He's burning his hands in the process to yeah, change, to change, the, change light the light bulb. bulb, and then splat. Yep, we uh, suspect dead, but we'll find out later. Not. Yeah, I don't know how Big Mike survived, but he's Big Mike. This is a part that had you in ditches would be an understatement uh smolder and scully find their pet names for each other and oh, yeah. scully's is poopy head <laughs> yeah because he basically what does he call her he calls her somebody to somebody else he yeah. says it in front of somebody and he's like something i don't know like speedheart or whatever and she goes oh i love you too poopy head <laughs> and i just thought of the way she says it like you too poopy head it hasn't caught as a term of endearment yet in our household well we luckily. have to be careful what we call each other our son tends to think that everything we say is uh, the truth. So maybe we should stick with poopy head. I think that's what I'll call you from now on. Poopy yeah, head. Exactly. I would say in general, everyone's just like terrible at being liars as well. And I, I'm <laughs> yeah, gonna, actually, yes, I'm they're all very Gogolock bad here. Cause like, I feel like if Gogolock was a good leader, he would give them sort of the line. Yeah. You know, okay. This is what you tell them when they ask you these questions. Instead, they ask the questions that are like, Oh, that's a nice sign. Where'd you get that? <laughs> yeah. It's so weird. Um, but yeah, I, I also think there's an aspect of what was his, um, they don't really go into it. I know why he did all of this, but like he, Gene Gogolak is like wanting this perfect idyllic community and basically right. sold his soul in a Tibetan ritual to like, <laughs> truly that is what it's, it is. It's truly well. We get, and we get the first dose of this, right? When they <laughs> go to visit him and we see a bunch of random statues and masks on the wall. Yeah. And so I guess he traveled to Tibet, found this ritual for a tulpa which is what this creature is. And that's what's going on here. But and no way, I don't think he's ever told anybody what exactly is going on. No, and I wonder how long this, I mean, I guess they said, what, first, dis- third disappearance since 1991. So it's yeah. been going on for at least seven, eight, nine but years. But the people at this dinner party that are like in on it, I don't think they know exactly what happened. Right, this is win and win wife. They just know something bad happens to people that break the rules and they're not going to have that happen to them. I do like Mulder 
you know, is able to essentially say whatever he wants because Scully can't correct him. So when they're <laughs> yeah. asked, you know, how did you two meet? Oh, this dead? is when they invite them to yeah. dinner. Oh, at a U- I, we met at a UFO co- conference. <laughs> is this when they invited them to dinner? Yeah, so that's when they have dinner. I mean, that's when sort of Gogolock, you know, tells them, right? Because Wynn is sort of like his crony at yeah. this point saying, you know, you need to help them. Because they're the next door neighbors as well. Yeah. This is where we also get, you know, the division of the genders, mm, right? Yeah. And- so basically they're all like, they're like, maybe we should retire for brandy and cigars. They're like, oh, no, we have to walk the dog. Would you look at that? Please don't ask us any more questions. I have to go walk the dog now. Yeah. So Scruffy is the dog. Yeah. A little chihuahua. Um, and I guess they are walking this dog and the dog gets away from them and it goes down a sewer drain. Yeah, luckily Pennywise wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, it seemed I, like a pretty, I don't know, shallow sewer because the yeah, dog was able to crawl out of it again. But yeah, the dog was able to crawl out and he was like covered in goo and around his paw is like a necklace and it's, this is yeah, Big Mike's Caduceus necklace. Because Big Mike is a vet and so yes. Scully noticed it and was like, ah, I'm a medical doctor. And he goes, well, I'm an animal medical doctor. <laughs> yeah. So, and we should also note that the, the goo that is on the dog is what they found in the ceiling of their house. Ah, uh, yeah. So they basically go through their house with like a fine tooth comb because they're hopeful that they'll find some evidence, and they right because they they're, do they're living find in it. the residence of the murdered couple. So you yeah. would imagine there's some. You would imagine, but they did do a good job cleaning it. They just missed a few spots. Mulder is truly not used to living with a woman. You were talking about this when we were watching it. Yeah, total bachelor, stereotypical bachelor. Right? She gets into this argument about leaving the toilet seat Ugh. up and uh, like not putting the tooth paste away no she uh, she's a little she's like who taught you to squeeze a tube of toothpaste people do it differently can't get on your tail for that i don't know i would not be surprised if Mulder uses toothpaste to be honest i would not be surprised if he's someone who wakes up swishes with listerine for 10 seconds and then goes about his day yeah that makes sense for the 90s too i feel like it wasn't as like apparent that you needed to brush your teeth like as often and floss as often and all that sort of stuff Mulder's dental hygiene is suspect to begin with i can't he definitely doesn't floss how many sunflower seeds do you think Mm -hmm. are are just like shoved Mm -hmm. up within his teeth i don't want to think about it but anyway they're having like a fun little like spat and she walks out in a face mask which i thought was funny yeah good gag and so Mulder has a theory here. He wants to see what happens if he does break the rules. He essentially wants us to plant something and see what happens. Where does it go? So he does this <laughs> yeah. a couple times, right? He does this. He puts a flamingo out there. He damages the mailbox. He throws orange juice on it. Mm-hmm. And so the the thing is, though, uh, you know, a stakeout Mulder happens, but bladders ha- are going to bladder. And so when he turns around or goes to the bathroom, everything's fixed. Yeah, and I I would be remiss to point out that he does almost pee in an orange juice cup. Well, we were talking about this actually when we were watching. I could imagine since Mulder is used to at least some form of stakeout. Right, it's not this uncommon. Is, this is not the, the first time I'd imagine. So he probably just some sort of drink forgot that he, Yeah, forgot that he wasn't in a car and he could like go to the bathroom. So he gets him to go to the bathroom and everything's gone. And there's a note in his mailbox that says, be like the others before it gets dark. And it does get dark, and we get... I think <laughs> And our, he doesn't be like the others. <laughs> I think we get our first mate, because, right, he's... This he brings out he, the basketball hoop. Right, and Wynn's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah, and so their friend, their Wynn and his wife are, like, arguing with him, like, put it away now. Um, and then something comes out of the grass at Mrs. Wynn, and uh, Mulder's able to chase it away, but they also notice that Wynn's porch light is out. Somebody right. put it out. Yes. So, Wynn is like, 
has to go to Google, I can be like, I'm your guy and you're right. trying to do the same thing you did to me that I did to Mike. Right. So this is when we mentioned it before. It's discovered that Gogolock essentially reads out, weeds out the bad seeds by having people purposely yes. make Although, them break the rules. In this instance, this is not Gogolock. It's Mike doing it. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that yet. And so Mulder and Scully are also going to find out. Scully, despite the little scientific equipment she has unbroken, well, she sends it to the lab in Does San she? Diego. Okay. She goes to the lab in San Diego. But she finds say. out that the gunk on the dog was garbage. Yeah, it's like, it's garbage. They find out the all the entire plant community was built over a landfill. Mm-hmm. And so it's built on top of an old landfill, and it's like garbage sludge, basically. And so Mulder says, all right, break out the backhoe. It's time to dig out a reflecting pool. Well, because they think that the clients are buried in their front yard. Right. And so they said <laughs> they're going to get under the topsoil you know, they see some some bubbling crude. They don't find the Kleins, but they do find some previous property of the mm-hmm. Kleins. Namely, the little weather vane um, that had been mysteriously delivered to them. Um, and they look at it, and there's a label on it that is tied to Gogolak's company. Oh, remember, right. Gogolak says he produces outdoor um Furniture, yeah, patio furniture, not f- for suitable for our properties, but you could use it inside is like a joke that he makes. So basically, they find that this outdoor furniture thing came from Gogolak. Meanwhile, Big Mike is alive. Yes, Big Mike is alive. <laughs> uh, he, he's, he's bloodied up and like probably stinks to high heaven. But yeah. I know that night, and we know this because Scully, he basically um, something's in the house, and he comes and and, and like protects Scully. He boards everything yes. up. Puts her in the closet mm-hmm. and says, like, I'm here to protect you. I'm going to go fight off this monster. No real explanation as to how he fought it off. I guess maybe due to his size, he yeah. was able to escape it. Yeah, and like a little bit more ease than the Kleins, I guess. Yeah, well, maybe Big Mike is not only stronger. Well, it's also noted that, you know, he did screw the light in. Maybe, I don't know, it took it easy on him. Cause, I, oh, I don't think it has that. I think it's Gogolak that's like giving the instructions to this thing, but... Um, anyway. Speaking of Gogolak, Mulder's gonna go and essentially arrest him. Yeah. And confronts him about marking the Kleins for right. death. And, and Gogolak's like, how, you, you have nothing to back this up. How can you arrest me for <laughs> yeah. giving something to someone? And of course, Mulder would be the one to jump to this conclusion, right? He goes to the statue and says, you essentially summon this spirit to create this idyllic community, and now it's haunting everybody. Yeah, and he cuffs him to the mailbox, and Gogolak like, starts freaking out because he knows that the creature is going to get him if he's cuffed to the mailbox, and he does. I guess, is that a rule? Don't handcuff people well, to your mailbox? mailboxes have to be a certain way. Not with people chained to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is when Mulder comes home after arresting Gogolak to find... Everything is just torn asunder. <laughs> yes. And, and covered in either blood or... And he finds Scully in the closet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so we see this is the end of Gogolok, right? Mm-hmm. Frank- Frankenstein is killed by his own monster. Yeah, and so when he dies, the monster dies, and it disintegrates into dirt. Which makes sense, because he summoned it. So this for the And summer. conveniently, Scully comes out just a little late, doesn't see the creature. She's like, oh, okay, but well, there clearly is an explanation behind <laughs> This pile garbage. of dirt. <laughs> yeah. And then we, we get sort of like a yada yada to finish off the scene as Mulder and yeah. Scully are moving out. Everyone has claimed ignorance as to what happened. Seems like they're just keeping it hush-hush to not incriminate mm-hmm. themselves. Even though, as Scully points out, they were sort of accessories to what Gogolok was doing. Yeah, um, and I think that this is an episode that's, like, fun. I think it's a fun <laughs> episode. I think it's it's different from me in that I think 
you know, this feels distinctly Californian instead of Vancouverian. Yeah, which is actually interesting because it's inspired. So the guy who wrote it was a first year staff writer and he um, had moved into a planned community in Greenwich Village in New York. And unfortunately, his movers had showed up late. Um, and they find him like a thousand dollars when he mocked, when he moved in late. So like, he basically wow. like never read the rules and he ended up getting fined for moving in late. And so that inspired him to write a story like this for the X-Files. I mean, we, we experienced not <laughs> this, but like a smidge of this when we moved into one of our apartments in New York. Yeah. Right? We had to pick a specific day to move in. It couldn't be on the weekends. It had to be a specific day between these times. You had to have like all of these like insurance things. You couldn't like do this, couldn't do that. It was pretty annoying actually. Yeah. So. It, I, I like it, though, because I feel like if they had filmed it in Vancouver, I think maybe just due to the setting, uh, you know, this is a very pleasant villain, and I feel like Vancouver wouldn't necessarily no. embody that. So I'm happy that they really went full California here. You yeah. Know, this idea of something is literally lurking underneath the And surface. I love watching David Duchovny be like, douchey California, bro. Yeah, it, it felt different in that way, and I feel like it also was a very fun mystery as well i think i feel like it's been a little yeah. bit i mean i guess aguamala for example was one of those like solve the mystery yes and i one. enjoy those i think those are one of the one of the best things about the x-files is what's what's the mystery it doesn't always need to be about aliens Yeah, i don't think any of us would have guessed a summoned mythical creature that's made out of garbage mm-hmm. if you had that on your bingo card congratulations <laughs> garbage man um speaking of bingo card let's cross off something that I, admittedly we haven't done in a couple weeks that ball has been dropped not sorry a uh, spook of the week uh, let's go back to Monday. Do you have a spook? Um, I guess I should say Bernard. Um, cause he was like, his hair was a little spooky to me. What spooky hair? I don't know. It just is spooky. Do I have spooky hair? No, you have beautiful hair. Oh, thank you. The non spookiest hair. Exactly. That's why I married you. Three years you. running. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Let a hair on your head never be spooky. Yeah. I'm going to go with Pam, because I do think at least for the first three And her hair episode, is pretty spooky. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Uh, she was pretty spooky until we found out her purpose, right? Like, she just looked so... Yeah, she looked like a drug addict, she basically. Like she she'd escaped from one of those shipping containers that houses sex traffickers. Yeah, totally. I think that's on purpose, because she's supposed to look like haggard, having yeah. done this over and over and over again. Nobody's noticing that she's, like, drowning, basically. Um, um, but yeah, that's a good spook too. And for the next episode, um, I'm gonna say probably Gogolak because mm-hmm. he's yes, he's the villain, but he's also just really creepy. Yeah, it's interesting that when we first see him, because he does sort of have that weird, almost super villain esque mentality. Yeah, right, where he's this older man and he speaks very deliberately. Yeah, very exactly. Powerfully. There's something behind everything he says. Read in between the lines of my dialogue. I'm going to go with Big Mike because it is I still do like Big Mike. wild to me that this dude was able to escape <laughs> a creature that has murdered people in the past. And to me, Big Mike looks like somebody famous. Like He looks like somebody you would recognize, but um, he's not. He does. It sort of looks like one of those 90s guys that you'd mm-hmm. see something like, I don't know, heavyweights or something. Yeah. Playing, and playing he, someone's he dad. does a good job. I feel like he's like a redeemable character, too, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, he's the one that's really stumping for the Petries. Yeah. The pe- Petrie. The Petrie. <laughs> Was that, were you thinking about Land Before Time? <laughs> always. Time? When am I not thinking about Land Before Time? <laughs> that's actually a very valid question. You often do think <laughs> about do. the Land Before Time. It was very impactful in my childhood. In a good way or a bad way? I don't know. <laughs> I think it's a mixed bag because Littlefoot's mom does die. She does die. I felt very emotional when watching the Land Before Time movies as a child. 
how many movies did you end up seeing? Because I feel like there's like twenty. Yeah, I mean, I would say the first three were all we all wow, we saw. I think I've seen. One, I've definitely seen one. I've maybe seen the two. one where the they have to like escape, like basically like Pangea breaks apart. Oh, oh, oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a mess. But Petrie. Well, we're gonna take the Petries, Mulder and Scully aliases, and we're gonna finish off season six next week, just as you've been louding it we do have two more episodes though yes and they are the last two episodes yes. of the season they're not connected but not at all you this was true to a statement you made before this was an episode you really wanted to watch so we're going to squeeze it in i don't know why i like this episode so i'm not sure that you'll like it i don't know if other people <laughs> I, it's one of those episodes that's like it sticks out to me as being something that i really like uh-huh and i don't remember why okay um, maybe but it's, it's just, it's interesting. It's a little emotional at times, like in a weird way, like not in like a, a forced way, which mm-hmm. is fun. And then, um, so yeah, so it's season six, episode 21 field trip, which I imagine is some sort of, I don't know, bastardized magic school bus knockoff. Of course. Where it's like, I don't know, child murders. And it turns out Miss Frizzle is the one who did it with her sentient bus. Unfortunately, no, but that sounds like a great episode. Of the All X-Files. right. Well, let's bring back the X-Files one more time, just so I can write <laughs> that episode. And then. The season finale, season six, episode two, Biogenesis. You said it right. I know. Sometimes he says biogenesis. I thought for some reason, (laughs) that's what my mind jumps to when I read the word. I mean, maybe it is that, but I think it's biogenesis. Because biogenesis almost sounds like a disease. It does. It does. And this, I mean, not far off, but. So I would imagine that biogenesis is much like all the other premieres and finales is arc focused uh it's been a hot minute since we've been arc focused but i can imagine something's going on with that something's going on um i don't know if it's it i definitely don't think it's about colonization it's about you know the rest of the alien situation (laughs) we're gonna this isn't i don't want to say a new arc but this is new alien stuff yeah because i know that we talked about this right with two fathers and one son that they wanted to for lack of a better term, kill off that whole yes. And Jeffrey so this Spender is colonization stuff. Not about colonization, but it's definitely about the aliens okay. <laughs> and where they came from and why they were, you know, all that sort of stuff. So. Well, a little bit of the normal, a little bit of the abnormal next week with field trip and biogenesis. Damn it, biogenesis! <laughs> I literally, <laughs> you literally just said it <laughs> deliberately to say, "All right, let me say it right this time," and my brain well can't pick the right pronunciation. Sorry. It's all right. Like, <laughs> there, are, there are worse things that could happen. There, there are worse things. I was about to say that. That could happen. Oh, Samra, I love <laughs> you so. Well, if you have any thoughts about the last two episodes of season six, you know what to do. Drop a line in our mailbox that is nicely painted. Uh, Bloom files at PosherRecaps.com, X files at PosherRecaps.com. Tweet us at Ange Pelagi, at a Mike Bloom type, at PosherRecaps. Apologies again for the, the one week delay. There was a lot going on. Tommy. Survivor preseason. It was a little wild. We're happy to be back, though, for this final stretch. After this, only seven, eight, nine to go. Mm-hmm. We are slowly reaching the end of, like, Mulder Scully proper, which makes me sad. Yeah. But we still got some ways to celebrate. So, again, episodes 21 and 22 of season six next week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to Corey B for this fantastic theme song. We'll talk to you all next week. Until then... Case closed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. 
sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.